this is Megan from Girls Gone Right. And this is Peyton. And, and we have a question for you. What is self-love? Well, we'll tell you what it's not. Masturbation. <laughs> We're going to get right into it. Uh, but before we do, make sure you <laughs> click subscribe. We tell you this every time. Subscribe to our channel so you can get notified for our next video. Yes. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, smash the like button. Smash it. Share it with your friends and family. We are growing this channel and it's all because of you. <laughs> <laughs> so today we have a topic that we think you are going to like because we're just going to deconstruct it for you. And it's kind of a hot topic. But yeah. self-love, let's destroy it because <laughs> this is a very toxic thing going on that we see being pushed on social media. Yeah. That it's quote unquote, a part of mental health and it's destroying our culture. Yeah. It's destroying our youth. And I think the number one problem with self-love is if you're thinking about yourself this much, that's a problem. Yeah. If you are constantly thinking about yourself and it's destroying you and it's that's all you do is think about your confidence and it puts you in this sort of black hole, then you are thinking about yourself way too much. You should be thinking about other things yeah. to the point where maybe you just don't think about yourself because it's not really top of mind. Yeah, I think it's it's a misconstrued element of of therapy and, and possibly this mental health awareness movement, which is fine. Uh, but I think it's a, a misconstrued message when it comes to self-love. And I think you might find this very interesting. Yes. And it's not to say that you shouldn't love yourself. Loving yeah. yourself and self-love are two very different things. Yes. And we are going to explain to you the difference. Yes. Uh, so just to start it off, in a recent survey conducted by Cigna, researchers found that almost 80% of adults from the ages of 18 to 24 reported feeling lonely. So the question is, why are we so lonely if we have self-love? Mm, that's a interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> but it really is because if we're quote unquote really focusing on the self-love and it's been a movement that is recent in the past few years, it's really spiked. So mm. if that's true, then why are we all so damn lonely? And depressed. Yeah. And anxiety driven. It's all through the roof, but why? Because if self-love solves all that, why is it such a problem? Um, so just to break it down, self-love means that you accept yourself fully, treat yourself with kindness and respect and nurture your growth and well-being. Mm. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like that no. seems like a very positive thing. Yeah, it, it, to a degree. To a degree is a key word. To a degree. Because you see these ideologies have taken this definition yes. and they've run with it. Yeah. Um, it's just another lie being fed to the youth. Self-love yeah. is propaganda bullshit. Well, I mean, speaking to youth, I mean, we can go ahead and right off the bat talk about Miley Cyrus's most recent single, Flowers. Mm. I mean, that's such a good example of self-love. I know. It's just that I can love me better than you can. While that may be the case for the specific relationship that the song is talking about, you cannot thrive as an individual without human connection. You I'm can't. sorry. You can't love yourself better than anyone can. No, you can't. We need we need others, whether it be a spouse, a partner, somebody that you're in a relationship with, or friends, or friend, a friendship. We need those people to call us out on our BS, and then we need them to be there for us when we are having moments of self doubt or to build us up and to say things that we don't always want to hear. That's why they're there. 
Yeah. And I think the problem with self-love in this movement is that it's creating a space where people only want to hear what they want to hear. Yeah. It's like an echo chamber of their yes. own toxic thoughts. Just exactly. because you want to do something, you're going to do it. You don't want to hear otherwise. Yes. You don't want someone to check you and tell you that what you're mm -hmm. doing isn't right because you don't want to hear anyone's opinions. Nope. So it's truly just an echo chamber to allow you to do to live in toxicity. Yes. And I think Miley Cyrus is a great example of this because she has gone off the deep end. And although, yes, she could have been in a horrible marriage, I think she's really pushed this movement that you need self-love, but really you should be love. Yeah. You don't need self-love. You should love others the way that you want to be loved. Mm. You should project that. You should literally be the light. You should want to reach out and love others and connect and in return, that love will come back to you. But it's all about how you love other people. And it's not all about you, you, you. What was his, what does he say on Moulin Rouge? It's like the greatest reward is to be loved and to be is to love and to be loved in return. Yeah. And I yeah. think this is something that is really past like I guess like not really talked about today. It's not something that people vocalize on on what it feels like to love and be loved because that is the true beauty of this world. Mm. It's not loving myself is the best thing that I can do and the best feeling that I can have. No, yeah. the best feeling that you can have is loving someone and having that in return. Mm -hmm. The best yeah. feeling is to love someone. Yeah, and I think a lot of the misunderstanding and the confusion between loving someone and self-love and, and you have to love yourself in order to love somebody else. I agree with that to an extent. You have to figure out who you are as a human first. And in order to do that, you have to be able to accept those around you that are there to help you, that are there to be there in your life for a specific reason. And you have to listen to what they have to say because that's going to shape you. It's going to shape your character. You can't just continue to go on life living in a bubble of just positivity because it's only going to do you more harm. Yeah. If you're not willing to accept constructive criticism for your character. Yeah. Affirmations yeah. are not going to make you be a better person. No. Changing is going to make you a better person. Yeah. And I like Evolving. What you said. Yeah. You said you should love yourself. Yeah. Which is very different than self-love and we're going to harp mm -hmm. on this. Yeah. Um, honestly, self-love is... Sounds like it's sponsored by Big Pharma and we're going to get to that. <laughs> but it's probably the reason why everyone's on antidepressants. And of yeah. course, Big Pharma wants their name on that one. So of course, they're going to push yeah. that movement. And we'll tell you why shortly. But first, uh, this is just according to Psych Central, this is what they identify as self-love in action. Mm. So saying positive things to yourself, forgiving yourself when you mess up, meeting your own needs, being assertive, not letting others take advantage or abuse you, prioritizing your health and well-being, spending time around people who support and build you up and avoiding people who don't, asking for help. And the list goes on. But I actually agree with those things. Uh, yeah. that's, that's a great list to have. That is what loving yourself yeah. looks like. And that's just like normal things to set boundaries and be healthy. So let's just flip-flop what it says is the following examples of what self-love can look like in action. Let's just flip-flop it. The following are examples of what loving yourself can look like in action. I think all of these, are, all these things are great. Saying positive things to yourself, I have a very hard time doing that. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But 
That's because I have someone like this person <laughs> to help me Aww. out with that. <laughs> but it is so important. I think yeah. it's, it's not like a n- unnatural thing to, I think the the reason why we got this movement is because people are like, wear that crop top, sis. Like no one told you you can't. No one told you that you can't be happy in your own body. No one told you that you can't say no to going out with your friends. And no one told you that you can't do that. You can. And then people are taking this and feeling empowered because they're doing the opposite. Well, no one told you that you can't. Yeah. So I don't understand where this disconnect is from, but I'm going to stay home on a Friday night if I want to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wear whatever the heck I want. I don't care what you think about it. I'm going to say what I want because I don't need your validation. And all of these things sound a lot like scripture. Mm. So what I'm seeing is all of this is missing God. Mm -hmm. All of these things that say self-love, sure, saying positive things to yourself, repeating scripture, forgiving yourself when you mess up, God forgives. Mm -hmm. Meeting your own needs, being assertive. Okay, that's just like a a power thing, but all right. Not letting others take advantage or abuse you, prioritizing your health and well-being. Like all of this can fall back onto a religion. Yeah. In the religious morals, this is the outcome of that. This is the uh, the symptom of religion. This mm. is how a Christian would feel when they practice scripture and they yeah. do their devotionals and they go to church every Sunday and they put themselves in a religious community. Mm-hmm. This is the symptom, but they're calling it something different. And there's no God. Instead of God, you're worshiping yourself. Yeah, I think it's a, that's a great way to look at this. And I think that if, if you are a Christian and, and you believe in God and scripture— and you follow that, if if you believe that God loves you, then you can love yourself. Yeah. He created you in his image. He loves you enough to have created you. Yeah. And if you have flaws, guess what? God made you like that. Exactly. If you don't like the way you look, well, I'm sorry. That's how God made you. And I think that's kind of why Christians maybe have a little bit different perspective on self-love, not to say that they don't struggle with body image and things like that. But mm-hmm. I think if you are a practicing Christian and it's something like the scriptures at the top of your mind every morning, you practice this every morning because it is a practice. It doesn't ever end. You have to practice this every day. Mm-hmm. But I think you see the world differently because I don't see my flaws because God made me this way and I'm in God's image. Yeah. And I'm perfect the way I am. Mm. And I can make mistakes and God forgives me for all my sins. So I think when you live like that, that is what self-love is trying to preach to you. But instead of just, again, quoting it back to the Bible, it's just pulling it, rephrasing it, reframing it and putting you at the center. Yeah, And that's never going to solve your problem. No. And obviously God should be in the center of, of everything that has to do with how you love and how you love yourself and then how you uh, want to be loved. But I do think it's important to figure out who you are as a person. That way you can figure out how you want to be loved. And in that, you can figure out how you want to be loved and appreciated and on your own so that you know exactly what you want in a relationship and a friendship. But you also have to realize that the other person also has expectations. And I think that's where the confusion also sets in. It's like, well, I love myself. So this person should just love me exactly the way that I am. I don't have well, to work maybe on you're anything. Not for them. So exactly. But regardless, everyone's gonna have a problem. If they if they follow this guideline for self-love, they're gonna have a problem and run into the same exact 
problem in every single relationship yeah. that they have. It's called reflection. Yes. You need it. <laughs> yes. So if you, you have to understand that going into a relationship, people, that person is also going to have expectations and you have to meet in the middle. And how do we do that? Communication. Yeah. You have to communicate. You have to tell that person like, hey, this is, this is what I need. This is what you need. How do we get there? At what age did you feel like you were like, this is who I am. I know who I am now. Or when did you feel like you had a better grounds of that? Fairly recently. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is new, which is completely yeah. fine. I mean, honestly, I've heard it. I've 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 heard it said. <laughs> a little wicked for you. <laughs> I've heard it said that you really can't figure out, or you really don't figure out who you are as an adult until about your thirties. Um. Now that's not saying like you don't know what you want in life or what career path you're going to go down or what yeah. what journey you see yourself going down in your 20s. That's fine, but as a person, like as a woman, I am just now realizing who I am. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm I'm good with it. I think as people too, we're constantly changing. Yes. And we're constantly developing and that comes from reflection. Yeah. And I have had relationships and I think that's the benefit of relationships, right? Is you get in a relationship, you date someone and when it doesn't work out, you have a lot of time to reflect and being with a partner, they tell you their likes and dislikes and maybe there's just something about you that you should work on. Mm -hmm. So I think relationships help you grow in that way. Yeah. And I have had, a, I dated someone for a while and that failed. And I think that was, that relationship helped me grow so much. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so thankful for it because now I'm almost 26 and I have come so far. Like when I was 22, I was a wild child mm -hmm. and such a different person, but being in a relationship really grounded me mm. and made me reflect a lot on who I am. And it made me change for the better in so many ways. And especially yeah. after being out of a relationship, like I was in that relationship for two and a half years out of the relationship, I had to kind of refine myself again, but I was better because of that relationship. So it made finding myself even yeah. easier. Like I, it didn't work out, but I was on a better path because yeah. of that. And especially after being in my relationship, I did feel a little disoriented because life changed a lot. You're sad but too. Yeah. And, it, and it, after the relationship, I grew way closer with God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what really kept me growing and becoming the person who I am today. Yeah. I felt like I was kind of like fast-tracked because I feel like I really am so just close with the person, like, yeah. I don't, I feel like sometimes we don't know ourselves or like know what we want and life feels very disoriented and scary, yeah. but I don't think I feel that way because of my relationship with God and how close that is. And I feel like I am so much safer with who I am. That speaks volumes to your character too, because a lot of people your age, they would just throw caution to the wind and just be like, whatever. Yeah. Well, I'll just move and, on to the next one. Not <laughs> to say that I didn't do that. I dated a guy in college and after that I was an absolute wreck. I handled it. It was very interesting for yeah. me. I think that's why I kind of was like very proud of myself because the relationship in college when that ended, I was a horrible, horrible mess for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And that was something that really broke me and I hated the person that I became after that. And then after this breakup, I, changed, I handled it. It was night and day. Yeah, I handled it so much better and I was so proud of myself for being able to go through that stronger and come out stronger and better. And I felt like I really found my way through life. Yeah. Um, but again, like that comes from reflection and connection. I, and some people might be able to relate to this with the 
like Peter Pan syndrome. I I think we see that a lot in the youth and they're afraid to grow up. And I think a lot of it has to do with the self-love movement, obviously, but yeah. but the the amount of filters and stuff and and you don't want to face reality. And you don't want to face reality. And I had a I had a problem with that. So this is very deep, but when my brother died, I was very terrified when I turned 25 because that's how old he was when he died and I didn't want to outlive him. So it was, I was so scared of like, this isn't right. I'm not supposed to outlive him. He's my, he's my big brother, but I had to come to terms with that. And, you know, I came back to God and my relationship with him is a lot better than it was, but I had to accept the fact that like, I still have to live my life. Mm-hmm. Even if he's not here, he's still looking down on me being like, you better live that freaking life, girl. I'm gonna come down there and get you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's like something that you had to face. And I think a lot of people, the Peter Pan syndrome comes from not wanting to face reality because yeah. they're so sheltered and it's so comfortable yeah. with what, where they're at now. Mm. And to step out of that takes discomfort and it takes fear because you're gonna have to feel fear when you're growing up. There's a lot of scary things. You're responsible. You mm-hmm. got to pay bills. You have a lot riding on your back. I have to pay all of my bills and know when it's due and things like it is a lot of things going on. I have to know when to renew my license plate. Like there's so much that goes into adulting. It's very scary <laughs> times because I'm like, man, if I were to just something happen to me, God forbid, for like a month, my bill, who would pay my bills? Who knows all my passport? Like it's so much that goes into being an adult. It's a lot. It can be very scary all at once. And I think that's what people are scared to face. It is scary, but guess what? You can do it. Yeah. And when you do it, you feel that sense of pride and you yeah. feel like an adult, like that you can do shit. And even though it's hard, you can do it. And that's like, people should be proud of themselves. I don't think a lot of people have pride anymore because they're not doing anything to achieve that. I think it, it, it's okay to celebrate little wins. Like yeah, paying a bill. That's a win. Celebrate. Yeah. Like I paid my bills this month and I'm yeah. an adult and I did things and that's great. But yeah. I, to step into adulthood, you have to do some scary things. And it's not all about putting on a face mask on a Friday night and blowing up your credit card bill because you want to shop online. That's yeah. not adulting. That's not self-love. That's just toxic. It's like some stupid trend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the youth today is terrified of growing up, of getting old, of taking on responsibilities. We were seeing it in the in the workforce right now. Nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to, and we keep People harping want on no this. Fridays. They're like, well, I'm just going to have a four day week and no Fridays. Like, yeah. we're adults. We have, we're all going to grow up. I'm sorry. We but, all have birthdays every year. But we have people like this writing articles, Psych Central saying that, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. They're being affirmed that, this type of behavior is okay. Yeah. It's not okay. You cannot succeed in life if you do not take responsibility for how to live. Yeah. You can't, you you will not survive. And then you get mad at everybody else because they're not reaffirming you. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Another interesting thing that another article said from bedsider.com. Oof. <laughs> what a reliable source Oof. that is. <laughs> so reliable. Uh, it says... Staying hydrated, getting rest, and <laughs> masturbating is self-love. Wow. You heard, it, you heard it from bedsider folks right there. Wow. So it's 
It's very interesting that they are promoting instant gratification as a means to fix your depression. Yeah. So what is going to fix your depression and anxiety? Masturbating. <laughs> yep. That is, that's going to fix it apparently. And this is why we're going to loop this back for you. This is why it's probably sponsored by Big Pharma. Why oh, yeah. is masturbating bad for you? Masturbation releases dopamine. We all know what this is. Oxytocin, oxy, is that my... Am I saying that right? Oxytocin? Yes. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yes, you are. Endorphins, testosterone can affect the brain. Dopamine is known for uh, your happiness. Uh, it comes from the hippocampus responsible for memory retention. Dopamine also helps with motivation and focus. So this is really important, right? Because the hippocampus responsible for memory, that is you know, where the disease Alzheimer's comes from. Mm -hmm. Dopamine is also uh, helps with your motivation and focus, which is ADD, ADHD, all of these behavioral disorders that they're giving kids and putting them on prescriptions for. This is where that comes in because of course they want you to have instant gratification. Of course, they want you to masturbate, masturbate and completely deplete your brain of the chemicals that it needs to function yeah. properly. Yeah. And... They're promoting these things. And then guess what? When your brain doesn't have any more of that, they're going to put you on long-term medication yeah. to solve this. But they're going to promote this and push this. Instead, what you should be doing is fixing yourself as a person. And some things that, like, I guess you could say this short-term burst of happiness is not joy. No, it's not. It's temporary. Like, it's like the, the temporary fix of just like that spark that you feel. It's not happiness. It's, it's just, like getting high. Yeah. It's, it, it is like getting high. It's not happiness, but it's getting high off of this. And then you need more in a little bit because it's all gone and it's depleted. And that's when you feel what you really feel is depression and anxiety because yeah. you felt like that before. And it's only gone because of the chemicals in your brain that were released from yeah. doing an activity that's not going to fix you. I saw a really interesting cartoon. I think it was just last week. It was like a little bird. It said, this is what addiction looks like. And it there's a little bird running and he sees something on the ground and he puts his beak on it and like sucks it up. And then he like gets all high or whatever, whatever he sucked up. And then he runs and he has to run faster. He's running faster. And then he gets to the thing again. He has to drink more of it. And then he runs faster. Yeah. And then it, the time lapses gets shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter between the takes, the hits, because it's just not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. So you're releasing all these chemicals from your brain. And the more and more that you do it, the less and less you have of it. So the more and more that you come back to it, the more and more that you have to do it to feel good. It's just an addiction. Yeah. They love the way it feels. It's, it's an addiction. And these acts that they are promoting, like masturbation, is an act that only isolates you. This is based yeah. on... Mm. independence, not interdependence. So this is something that is inherently trying to disconnect you mm -hmm. instead of building a connection, which may actually help with what you're feeling. And it's you know depleting your- <laughs> this, is, this is This is a depletion. They are trying to erase emotional intimacy first and then physical intimacy. Because if you don't, if you can't connect emotionally with somebody, then you yeah. can't connect physically with somebody. Therefore, you don't need anybody. Yeah. And then we can't procreate. <gasps> da, da, da. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Guys, the self-love movement is backed by Big Gov and Big Woo! Pharma. Debunked. You heard it here first. Big brain moment. But this is honestly... <laughs> 
this is such a good topic because of course they would want to promote something like this. Why would they want to tell you what long-term happiness looks like, which is family and God? Yep. Why would they want you to know what that feels like and purpose? They're like, no, 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 come over here. Come over here, let me sell you this. It's going to deplete your brain of chemicals and it's gonna be uh, instant gratification. It's going away very shortly. So then you're gonna need it again. And when you get it again, it's never gonna be good enough for you. It's not gonna be like the first time. But if we told you about God and faith and purpose, that would fill your heart forever. Mm. That fills your heart for a lifetime. But this is not, it's not ever gonna be enough for you. No. So the self-love movement is complete bullshit. Yes. And besides all of the things that it can do to your brain, like Alzheimer's and all the attention disorders, and I mean, it causes bipolar, depression, anxiety. When you are constantly doing this to your brain, these things, we know that this kind of stimulation is not good for your brain. Mm -mm. No. We, We know this. Like, and also let's not, this is a whole nother story, but masturbation affects the way that you have sex with someone because it kind of fucks with your brain. Yeah. Like when you are masturbating all of the time and the sex addictions, the porn addictions, it's messing with your brain and it prevents you from connecting with the person the way that your brain should. It's rewiring, kind of like LSD and acid do. Well, you're never going to be satisfied with a partner because you're the only one that can satisfy yourself. Yeah. So again, it brings back to the emotional connection, the emotional intimacy. If you cannot get on that level with somebody... You cannot be physically intimate with somebody. There's never going to be a real connection with somebody that is going to be satisfying if you're constantly doing that yeah. ever. Because if you only want yourself, then you're going to have yourself. And that's it. And that's just not the answer. answer. <laughs> no. And the lie that you are being fed is just, it's not a way of life. No. It's a gateway to lead you down a path of addiction and mm-hmm. self falling at the altar of oneself. And this is one of the most toxic things that you can do because if you're thinking about yourself this much, you shouldn't be thinking about yourself this much. If you're constantly wondering if you're good enough, why are you always thinking about you? Mm-hmm. If that's all you think about all day is, am I good enough? Am I going to find somebody? Why are you the center of everything? You're you're you. You universe. Yeah, you're you. Universe. There you go. (laughs) But this is just not even referring to sex addictions or masturbation. This is is the attention-seeking, instant gratification, validation-needing culture that we're in right now. And this is just promoting it. And it's taking away from interdependence where we, or it's taking away from, yeah, it's taking away from interdependence and replacing it with independence when really we need more people. Like we need more connection. People used to live in villages and it it took a village to raise a family. And that means Mm -hmm. everyone worked together to raise kids. And it was a big old family. And we've really strayed away from that into a very independent culture. Like no one asks their neighbor for sugar anymore. We don't ask our neighbor, hey, like- Can an egg? Can you pick (laughs) me up from the airport? I like, people used to do that back in the day, right? Like they knew their neighbor so well. Like, oh, I'm having a house party. You want to come over tonight? You want to join us? Like come over for dinner tonight. No one's doing that anymore. Potluck. Yeah, like back in the day, that was like the good old thing, right? Like people had block parties. Mm -hmm. People invited their neighbors over for dinner. They would hang out with them. At least like my parents did when I was growing up. We always hung out with our neighbors. We would have fires in our backyard and invite the neighbors over. And everything was just so much more friendly. And it was so connected and interdependent. And we don't have that anymore. People try not to talk to each other as much as possible. We get Uber Eats to deliver our food. We have Ubers pick us up instead of asking a friend. Yeah. 
And instead of like, it's truly disconnecting us from society. All of these things that we think are easier, like, oh, well, I'll just have Amazon deliver it to me fresh. I need milk, but I'm, or like I need something and I'm sick. Instead of calling up a friend and asking them to bring soup to me, I'll just have it delivered because I don't need anyone. Yeah. That is inherently derived, taking us away from what we need, Humanity. which is connection. Human but back connection. in the day, we would call our neighbor and be like, hey, I'm sick. Do you think you can get me some soup? And it's like, great, yeah, I'll do that. And then the favor was always returned. Yeah. It wasn't expected, but we did that because we knew that we needed each other. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's amazing to me how we keep coming back to the word connection and it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard for everyone to disconnect from their phones. Themselves. Themselves, <laughs> social media, all of it. Like the screens, just yeah. disconnect to connect. That should be a freaking youth group. Yeah, it's like the iPad kids. They're going to grow up. They're going to be so weird. But you know what it's like, like going to dinner with someone and all they talk about is them, 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 or they're on their phone. I have actually gotten really conscious of that, making sure that I am not constantly talking about myself or looking for someone or or looking for a way to say something so that somebody can like reaffirm me in the conversation. Um, As women, we just naturally do that. It's, it's just in yeah. our DNA, but I have been very conscious to try and actually listen with empathy to somebody when they're t- trying to tell me something that's going on with them or a problem that they might have or like, even if they like hurt themselves, like, oh my God, I sprained my ankle. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. What happened? What <laughs> happened? Like being very intent with how you listen to somebody. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're actually engaging with empathy. Because oftentimes you'll, you'll, um, I'm not a big fan of her, but I, there's some things that she does right that makes a lot of sense. And she makes a lot of great points. Brene Brown. Some people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, you don't like Brene Brown. I'm like, no, sorry. <laughs> um, when you are truly listening to somebody with empathy, there's little things that you can do or change when you're listening to somebody. So let's say Peyton's like, oh my gosh, I went to work today and someone yelled at me. And you went, oh. <gasps> Like even just a gasp yeah. is not it really- shows that you care and you're listening. You, well, yes, but it also is like a trigger and a, to fall back on. So it's like, instead of going, oh, you can be like, what happened? What did they yeah. say? Like being inquisitive with someone. Yes, op- asking open-ended a, questions rather than good reacting. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good skill that I think is really lacked too, is yeah. conversational skills because mm-hmm. we have like the iPad generation now mm-hmm. that's growing up. They don't know how to talk to people. It's like always on their phone or yeah. just not good conversation. People don't know how to do that anymore. But like, again, <laughs> if you think about it back in the day growing up, like our parents used to just hang out on the front porch with their family yeah. talking all night and telling yeah. stories and sharing about their life. We don't see a whole lot of that anymore. No, I can't tell you parents. When's the last time you talked with a stranger or like talked with your neighbor and just had like a deep, good conversation and you knew a lot about their life. Yeah. When's the last time you met a stranger and you learned so much about them? Yeah. Like no one's doing that anymore. And it's because no one wants to. I'm scared. It's, it's, It's scary that no one's doing this. Yeah. So here's how we can fix this toxic self love movement yeah, and promote positive talk. We can call it positive talk without calling it self-love because that's just toxic. We'll call it positive talk without using self-love that is tied to toxic ideologies. Mm. 
first and foremost, love God. Amen. This is truly the best thing that we can do. I think the values that the Bible and scripture instills in people changes your life. Mm -hmm. It changes your moral compass. Build a connection with God instead of seeking physical connections by yourself or instant gratification, that validation that people are really seeking. Mm-hmm. And just coming to the realization that you're not all that you need, mm-hmm. that you do need human connection. We need interdependence. We need way more of that. We need more of talking to strangers. We need more of asking people if they need, actually, is there anything that I can do for you? Holding the door open for people, being kind to just random people on the street, going out of your way and doing acts of random acts of kindness and doing more of that. And we do need other people. We are culture and society for a reason. The more and more we get independent away from each other, we're just spreading out from what we need. And it's Maslow's hierarchy of need that we need other people. We need connection. We need physical touch from other people. Yeah. Like that is so crucial in our development. It's crucial for children. They can't just be iPad kids, but it's even more crucial for adults that are truly so lonely that it's messing with the chemicals in their brain and creating depression and anxiety because they don't have anyone because what they were sold was they don't need anyone. Mm-hmm. But you do. Yeah. Because if we all if that was the answer, then we wouldn't all be so freaking lonely. There's nothing greater than the touch of a human being. Than a good hug. <laughs> I was just going to be like a touch. A little touch. <laughs> nothing better than that. Oh. Nothing better than that. This is this is the dopamine that you I need. <laughs> but seriously, there's nothing greater than a good old fashioned just like big a, hug. That's so true. Like, when's the last time someone just like touched you? Like, just, right now. Like, that's true. <laughs> but like, have when you have conversations, are you ever just like touching someone? Yeah. And, like, that's such a good sure and maybe uncommon it's nowadays. But it's yeah, it's like but not in a sexual way. Yeah. Like, why don't we have this kind of intimacy where we're talking to each other, yeah. and using our hands, and like. This is what people need. We don't yeah. need IMs and whatever the heck people use. We don't need texting and Snapchatting. Like, no, talk to me in person. Did you just say IMs? Yeah, I am. You did. You said, instant, instant messaging. Message me. <laughs> instant message me however way you want. Call me, beat me if you want to reach me. <laughs> but the key is interdependence, not independence. Yes. Find a Bible study where you can uh, meet people. Find some sort of group where you can meet people your age and hang out with people or volunteer and surround yourself with people that want to, that you want to be more like. Yeah. Because that's really the key is yeah. if you find someone and you're like, dang, that girl is great. I want to be like her. That's who you should befriend. That's mm-hmm. who you should surround yourself with yeah. and just truly find a community. And if you find yourself thinking way too much about what you look like and what you hate about yourself and things you wish you could change about yourself, you're just thinking way too much about yourself, period. Yeah. There's some things that you can change. Great. Yeah. I don't like my body. Cool. Go to the gym tomorrow. Stop talking about it. You think you're overweight? Cool. Go to the gym tomorrow. Why are we still talking about it? Watch what you eat. Yeah. You don't like something about yourself? Cool. Don't fix don't it. Don't blame somebody else it. for it. We don't need to keep living and sulking in it. Change it. Move on. Yeah. Be different. Change your life. And then that's the end of the story. We don't need to keep talking about it. And like I, people put themselves in a hole of just like craving validation. Like, oh, you're good enough. And then they're like, oh, I am. And then they're like, oh, well, that made me feel good. But then I'm going to think about this all night later about how much I hate myself. Like, yes. okay, cool. Stop Stop thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really easy. It's not like this is like the easiest thing, but it's easy to let evil slip in your life. Yeah. 
it's easy to let those thoughts just take over and it's hard to get out of. Uh, but God should be the loudest voice in your head. Yeah. And I think if if you are somebody that is struggling with your relationship with God, like I have, uh, find people that can encourage you to stay on the path. Um, but also if you know someone that is struggling with depression and anxiety and, and beating themselves up, just reaffirm them that they're okay. Connection, okay. reach out to that's, someone. That's probably what they need the most is a friend and somebody to connect with. Not self-love. Not not themselves. No, they need love, period. Yeah. And, and maybe ask them what they need. Maybe it's not telling them like, hey, you're loved. Hey, you're a great person. Maybe it's just sitting with them, you know? Ask them what they need. Don't be afraid to ask. Just ask. So... We debunked self-love for you. Heck yeah, we did. This is not sponsored by Big Pharma or Big Gov, but self-love Hell no, is. it's not. Hell no, it's not. Or no amount of money that you can give to us. No, ma'am. But it's very interesting. And yeah, I hope that you guys can implement some of these things in your life. I hope yeah. that we are helpful and gave you some helpful tips, but I think it's something that's very relevant to our culture right now. And you yeah. can open up social media and see a quote about it by just scrolling and you, people just, there's so much chatter and noise and this is what you should be hearing. Exactly. But thank you guys for listening. Yeah. And make sure you hit subscribe and we'll check you next week. Yep, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.